Crest is proud to have De La Salle North Catholic High School as our community partner for this season of the podcast. De La Salle is the most diverse private school in Oregon, offering a college preparatory education exclusively to low-income students, turning no one away because of their inability to pay. Known as a school that works, De La Salle's corporate work-study program has every student work one day a week at Portland area companies, offsetting 50% of their tuition. The innovative curriculum provides the students with real-world experience, self-confidence, and ownership of their education. When we build stronger, thriving communities, we all benefit. Learn more on how your company can get involved by visiting DeLaSalleNorth.org. When you talk about mental health, that's, I think, in many ways, what's driving the adoption of all these pets, right? The pandemic has has isolated a lot of people, and uh, they look to form that emotional connection, that emotional bond. Yeah. And pets provide that. Like they, yeah. they provide that in ways that many people are discovering now is is really important for their own health and well-being, their own mental health and well-being. Right. And they're investing in the relationship that's so important to them, which is yeah. the, the health of their pet. Welcome to Think Beyond Space, the PDX Workplace Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Blake St. Ange, principal for the Portland office of Cressa, a global corporate real estate firm. From the people, the culture, and their thoughts on the future of work, we sit down with leaders from Portland's most respected companies to learn about what makes their workplaces tick. Subscribe at Cressa.com slash Portland or wherever you find your podcasts. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Think Beyond Space. We are embarking on and starting season three, and I'm super excited to have the COO of Banfield Pet Hospital with me, Money Iyer. Uh, Money, welcome to the show. Blake, great to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, I so appreciate you saying yes. And I know that that we're talking, you know, about 3000 miles away from each other and look forward to seeing you at some point here in the, in, in the next few months. But as we jump in, before we get started, uh, would love to sort of learn more about who you are, um, learn more about Banfield, how you got to Banfield, why you got to Banfield. And we'll just start the conversation there and, and uh, let it flow. Absolutely, Blake. So I'm I'm the chief operating officer of Banfield Pet Hospital. We're the nation's leading provider of preventive veterinary medicine, and I've been uh, been here for about uh, 14 months now, just a little bit over a year. And I, I bring about 15 years of experience driving strategy and operational effectiveness, and leading the field and operations uh, across uh, you know multiple other industries, particularly in human healthcare. You know, I joined Banfield as COO at the height of the pandemic, which I got to tell you <laughs> is an incredibly interesting experience. It was fascinating. And and what really brought me to Banfield are are two things. Number one is really the opportunity in the the veterinary care space. There are a lot of pets out there that that need care. And if you look at veterinary medicine overall, I think the opportunity for for growth is absolutely tremendous. And in many ways, I think uh, Banfield is at the forefront of leading a lot of what is crucial for for pets' uh, health, uh, which is really around preventive medicine, innovation to drive that care at the convenience of the client and making sure that the pet receives the care that they need when and where they need it. And, uh, you know, Banfield, I think, has done a tremendous job in leading that over the last several years. And I'm excited to be part of the team. I'm privileged to be part of a great group of leaders here, uh, Blake. And so uh, this is this is very exciting. So we'll get into the fact that there's 19,000 employees and 1,000 hospitals across and founded, you know, 55, six, well, maybe 70 years ago now. But before we do that, let's back up to to you. Where did you get your start? Uh, you know, did you always did you go to school for something specific? You know, where were you? Like, just 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 walk us through a little bit of how you became, you know, the the CEO of Banfield. And I, I'm sure there's a there's a maybe not so linear journey in that. And we'd just love to sort of hear how that how that progression happened. 
Oh, absolutely. No, I, I'm, I'm a little bit of an odd bird. I came to, uh, to veterinary from human health, as I mentioned. Uh, but originally, I'm, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, born and raised. And when I was uh, 14 years old, my dad moved me and my brothers to India to put some of the old country in his voice. And so <laughs> I, I lived in India for seven years. Uh, it was fascinating that high school and my undergraduate degree there in engineering. So I was an engineer by training. Oh, wow. Uh, came back, entered the human health field. I started working on a PhD in clinical microbiology at the Duke University Medical Center. Uh, ultimately graduated from Duke with a master's in, in electrical engineering and uh, ended up working in technology for about five years before going back to Duke for my MBA and then entering the business world. And I've been in, in human health for the last about, uh, I'm going to say, uh, 10 years about, and you know, mostly in Especially healthcare services, human healthcare, optical, dental, and hearing. Prior to coming to to Banfield, I was at Walmart running specialty healthcare services, optical, dental, and hearing. Did some really exciting work there, and then before that, you know, spent some time in services, retail, and CPG consulting, and a number of other uh, areas. So, been bouncing around a little bit, but especially as I think about services, human healthcare, veterinary care, there are a lot of commonalities, especially when you see how the human-animal bond is developing. And we certainly see that at Banfield, right? You see how people take care of their health, their kids' health, and now you see how people take care of their pets' health. Mm -hmm. And you see the evolution of that care mirroring a lot of what we've seen in human healthcare over the last several decades. And so I think veterinary medicine is, is poised to follow that growth trajectory. And you know, I think about the, the innovation that's taken place in human healthcare over the last 10, 15 years. You know, Blake, in many ways, that's the North Star on what we will see in veterinary medicine. Uh, you know, that ah. focus on technology, that focus on yeah. innovation that is going to drive the client experience, the pet healthcare experience. And in order to deliver on our purpose, a better world uh, for pets, I think we need to embrace that very strongly. And you see some of the things Banfield is doing now around vet chat, making sure that Mm -hmm. we have uh, telehealth services offered to our clients so that they can talk to a veterinarian when and where they need to. We've had over 300,000 of those visits over the last year or so. And it's it's been absolutely tremendous to see how much of what we see taking place in human healthcare is applicable in veterinary as well. Yeah. And I think Banfield in many ways is embracing that very strongly. And that's something I have a great deal of passion for. Well, I can see that. I mean, yeah. I, and I can, I can feel that in the conversation. So from human health to, to veterinary health, how'd you make that transition? And why did you make that transition, you know, 14 months ago in the middle of a pandemic? Oh, so when I when I got called by the recruiter for the role uh, for Banfield, it was a tremendously exciting opportunity, right? Like you know, like I said, you know, all the opportunities really driven by the fact that you know the latest data from the ASPCA, you know, shows that Americans have have welcomed an astounding twenty three million additional pets during the pandemic. Right. So when you ask, why do you join at the height of the pandemic? That's where (laughs) that's went, right? In many ways. Uh, So yeah, twenty three million new pets. And we've certainly seen that at Banfield, right? We've seen the uh, the demands on our veterinarians, on our hospital teams for care. And, uh, you know, I'd say everybody's noticed. I think there was an insurance commercial I saw some time ago in which they joked about the fact that the only dog available for adoption <laughs> from the shelter was an iguana, right? And so when <laughs> when other people are noticing it as well, you know that yeah. it's uh, it's kind of hitting the uh, the consciousness, right? Yeah. But for us, certainly, we've seen that. And so what, what made that transition from human health to veterinary health was that opportunity. And additionally, I think that, you know, our ethos, Banfield's ethos is really, you know, grounded in preventive health. 
Mm-hmm. And I am a tremendous believer in that, right? We see that in, in human health as well. How many better outcomes are driven by preventive health and then taking action based on the findings from preventive health visits? The same is true for veterinary as well, Blake, right? Yeah. And that's what Banfield does, right? Our, our business is based on providing good preventive health, great quality health services through our hospitals. And that really does drive better outcomes, right? If I were to give you, you know, a personal example, right? My, I have a, a giant, hairy, shedding German Shepherd dog, Max, who's uh, <laughs> uh, the the apple of my daughter's eye. And yeah. you know, we took him into Banfield for a for a preventive health visit, right? Basically, a, a comprehensive exam, and they found pulpitis in his uh, bottom right uh, canine. And the doctor basically said, "Listen, I I don't know how deep the pulpitis is going, but you really got to give him a root canal." Uh, he's probably in pain. You probably don't know it, but he's probably in pain. Or if he's not in pain now, he's going to be in pain real soon, as soon as uh, mm-hmm. that starts spreading. So you should get him in now. And so we took him into a surgeon. We got him a root canal. We saved the tooth, right? He still has that that canine. He's still able to use it because of a preventive health visit. Yeah. And so when we talk about better outcomes for pets, better quality of life, yeah. strengthening the human-animal bond, that's a tangible, real example. Yeah. of how these preventive health exams can really drive better outcomes for our pets. Yeah, I think it's a really, I, I think that that connection between human health and that, I mean, candidly, I've never thought about it that way. I mean, I've, yeah. we have a, you know, we have an eight-year-old black lab. We yeah. actually just got her second knee replaced, uh-huh. you know, and, you know, it's the second one. And and so, but, you know, pets are in our lives all the time. And I think yeah. if, if, if you translate that to human health, I think the last two years in terms of preventative mental health, has been a huge, a huge part of that too, right? Like, I mean, we we think about okay, what are there triggers that maybe that, that you they're they're not so deep yet, but but you know that there's something there, and to go and get the help you need. And I think what you know, obviously, dogs aren't receiving mental health necessarily, but maybe they might, you know. But there are certainly things. The preventative piece, money, I think, is really is really interesting and absolutely and you know it, it's it's you talk about your black lab having uh, two knees replaced right one of the things <laughs> we found is is 40 44% of pet owners admit that their pet has seen the doctor more often than they have you know and that's yeah. that's probably true for a lot of people you know yeah. and, and i think about uh, you know going back to that human animal bond that we were talking about earlier you know at the end of the day this is a testament to how people think about their pets as members yeah. of their family yeah Right. And, and putting yeah. the health of their pets first, their family members first. Yeah. I know that my my kids have probably gone to the doctor a lot more than my wife and I have. Right. And it's <laughs> it's a little bit yeah. of the same thing. Right. Yeah. With, uh, with yeah. people and their pets. And in many ways, you, you know, when you when you talk about mental health, that's, I think, in many ways, what's driving the adoption of all these pets. Right. The oh, pandemic yeah. Has, yeah. has isolated a lot of people. And uh, they look to form that emotional connection, that emotional bond. Yeah. And pets provide that. Like they, yeah. they provide that in ways that many people are discovering now is, is really important for their own health and well-being, their own mental health and well-being. Right. And they're investing in the relationship that's so important to them, which is yeah. the, the health of their pet. Yeah, and getting them out and walking, and there's, oh, there's so many, so many things. So we could probably have a podcast for I don't know two hours about this uh, sort of thing. But <laughs> so, so. You joined 14 months ago in, yep. I would say, the heart of the first part of the pandemic. And, you know, 2021 is sort of the return of the pandemic. It felt like it was yep. going to be gone. And now, so what's it been like for you as a, as a leader? What did you, what have you guys done? 
and your team, the executive leadership team done at Banfield to sort of keep, I mean, you don't have 19 employees, you have 19,000 associates that are with the group spread across the country, a thousand locations. What in the hell did, I mean, how did you keep, I don't know, I'm sort of speechless about how, how do you keep these sort of the, the, the team together and how did you communicate and what was that like sort of coming in in media stress of what's going on? It's it's fascinating, right? Because this is the first time I've ever done something like this. I'm sure it's the first time for a lot right. of people that yeah. started a yeah. job during the pandemic. But I, uh, you know, I started with uh, with Banfield. Actually, now that I do the math, it was 16 months ago. Time flies when you're having fun, Blake. Yeah, uh, yeah. But it was in, in October of 2020. I didn't meet a single member of the of the senior leadership team of Banfield in person until June, you know, and we weren't wow. traveling. We weren't visiting hospitals. We were doing a lot of virtual visits. That was, I think, something that I had to very intentionally work on on overcoming. How do you form the bonds that you can form in person at an office, that you form uh, meeting people face to face? How do you form those bonds when you're in a virtual environment, right? And some of it is intentionally trying to find ways to have the, quote, water cooler conversations or have the hallway conversations in a way that... uh, you know, you can only do in person, but but finding yeah. a way to, to bring that forward, even in virtual environment. For me, what that meant was very intentionally calling people and talking to them, you know, whenever the the thought struck me, right? Typically, you don't do that. You want to give people their space. You're like, oh, they might be busy. But you know what? If I was in an office, I might walk by and just tap on the glass right. and say, hey, uh, you know, you got a quick minute. Well, in this case, I just pick up the phone. <laughs> And call and say, hey, you got a quick minute and then chat with them and, and try to, you know, form those bonds that way. Right. And that's what I was doing with my team, my direct reports, my my peers on the SLT. With our hospitals, it was, you know, equally crucial that they know that they're not laboring out there alone, that we at at Banfield CTS in Vancouver, Washington, uh, their field leadership, all of us are out there uh, supporting them. And so one of the things that I did is is. Every week, the operations and veterinary uh, leadership would get together and call two hospitals every week, right? And, you know, uh, calling them to, uh, you know, congratulate them on their performance, whether it's around veterinary mm-hmm. quality, whether it's mm-hmm. around their business results, but really calling and then and asking them, you know, what's making you successful? How are you able to deliver the great results that you're delivering? You know, number one, they're incredibly happy that they're being recognized. They're incredibly glad that yeah. people notice all yeah. their hard work, but equally, right. they're they're willing to share. They're able to share, and these virtual weekly calls uh, resulted in our having a better understanding of what some of the stressors are on our team out there, but what's also making them successful, yeah. and then spreading that across the rest of the practices and understanding what uh, what we can do then do to support every single one of the hospitals to bring them up to the same level of success. So yeah. those that that almost uh, the, the rituals around that weekly call yeah. was really important for us as a leadership. And I'll tell you, Blake, that was that's the highlight of our week every week, right? We, we start off by calling two hospitals. We listen to the hospital teams talk about what makes them successful. Honestly, yeah. it energizes us as a leadership because we, oh man, you know, there's, there's yeah. so much good work going out there. We got to spread the word. We got to make sure we take the best practices that we hear uh, yeah. and then spread them across the practice. It, it really is energizing. And it isn't just about recognizing the hospital teams, Blake. It's also us as a team coming together around this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I think the consistency of that, right? I yep. mean, doing that 
oh, I mean, that's the biggest thing in anything is sort of like keeping it consistent. And, and I think, yeah, I mean, the joy they probably feel about having, you know, this is just not another group calling in. It's, it's, you know, the SLT that's calling in and, and checking in on them and seeing how you can help and what, how they're doing well and giving them that's that those are, those are, those are huge employee morale yeah. pieces to that. Absolutely. So have, so have you, what, what's been the, the growth in the, I mean, with, with 23 million, uh, uh, pets, Sort of that have been now in households in that growth just across the country. Yeah. What 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 about the hospitals? Have you guys? And if if I understand correctly, and, and do correct me if I'm wrong, some of the previous models of Banfield were sort of in the pet smarts and some of that. But I think you guys have changed to put those hospitals standalone in many cases on their it's sort of your own footprint versus being within. Um, and maybe that's been a couple of years ago or whatever. But what's 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 the growth been like from a from a footprint perspective for you guys over the last eighteen months? Or has, been, been, or has yeah. there been any growth? The, the growth has been tremendous, obviously, certainly in, in terms of volume of pets being seen, right? And uh, we yeah. continue to be in PetSmart. The majority of our locations are in PetSmart. PetSmart's a, a great partner for us, and uh, we look forward to continuing to grow with them as we, uh, as we grow our business. We also have, as, as you said, a couple of other models in which we're able to provide care in different ways to pets. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the growth in the number of pets we've seen is tremendous. And it's a real testament to our hospital teams that they've been able to figure out the, uh, uh, you know, the, the right way to, to make sure that we deliver great quality care to these pets. It's, it's something, honestly, that was an eye opener for me when I joined Banfield and, and joined the veterinary industry. You know, the the care that our doctors and our uh, para staff in our hospitals, our hospital teams have for their patients is unbelievable. Like you, you see how much they put into it. They mm-hmm. they they stay late, they they say yes to the to the pet that wants to come in. They they work really hard, Blake. And that is very, very humbling to see. And because of that, we have been able to to see a, a tremendous number of pets last year, right? And it's yeah. all because of, of what our hospital teams have been able to do. And that really is what we as CTS in, in Vancouver and, and our field leadership, that's really what we're focused on is enabling our hospital teams. How do we provide them with the tools? How do we provide them with the innovations? How do we provide mm-hmm. them with the technology that makes their jobs easier and allows them to deliver on our promise of a better world for pets? Yeah. Yeah. And I gotta tell you, it takes a special, I mean, truly it takes a special, it takes special people to do that work in the hospitals. It takes a real, I mean, just like in the human hospitals, it just takes a special type of person. And then to have an organization to to then support those people in the way that, that, that you guys are doing. That's just an incredible testament to, to what, what's going on over there. Yeah, the de- the dedication of our, of our oh. hospital teams, honestly, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, I, you, one of the best things I, I got to tell you, Blake, when I joined yeah. Banfield, one of the best things that Banfield had me do was they, they didn't give me a laptop. They didn't give me a phone. They sent me to go out and work at the hospital for two weeks, right? That was my onboarding. That was part of my wow. onboarding was, uh, you know, money start by working in the hospital for two weeks. And that's what I did. I went in and I shadowed really? every role in the hospital. It was eye opening. I, I would not trade those two weeks for, for yeah. anything. You know, yeah. and I think it was a tremendous part of my onboarding, and yeah. it's something that you know I I loved so much. I've done it for everybody I've hired since, right? I've said, yeah. hey, if you report to me, you start with Banfield. The first thing you're going to do is go work in a hospital, you and know, spend some time shadowing yeah. every role. That I think that's a really you know I, I had uh, a client of mine do do a similar thing. Said, hey, come out to to campus 
because I want you to see the type of work that we are doing so that when you're out there searching for space or in discussions or strategizing for us to help, you know what's sort of going on within those four walls. And it was a tremendous value to do that. And to do Absolutely. that with all the, and for, for you as a, you know, it's not just you're coming in as, as I mean, you're coming in as, as, as the chief operating officer and that's the first thing to do. I think it speaks volumes and what a way to transition that to the people that are, that you've hired. It, it really doesn't. It, it speaks to the hospital centricity at the culture at Banfield. You know, yeah. the message is very clear that our promise is delivered. Our great care is delivered in the hospitals. And that's what all of us are here to support is that work at the hospitals. And yeah. so going in and seeing our doctors working, seeing what their challenges were, seeing what made their job easier, that helped inform me make some of the decisions I was making. Yeah. So I hired yeah. a new head of technology, a new head of commercial over the course of the last year or so. All of them started by working in the hospital. Right. Yeah. And they got to see everything from surgery to well checkups to sick pet visits and and yeah. understand, you know, basically what are some of the challenges that the that the hospital has so that when they start as leaders in their role at CTS, their focus is always on, hey, this is where ultimately my work is going to have an impact and I need to make yeah. sure it's as impactful as possible. Yeah. No, that's super smart. Very smart. So as you guys think about the next couple of years, is is your intent or is the is the plan to, is there a certain number of hospitals you guys plan to to open across the country? What what sort of some of the the that you can share some of the you know stra strategic sort of vision over the next couple of years as 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 you guys sort of get deeper into what's going on? So you know you made a point earlier, and it's true. We have over nineteen thousand associates, right? And at the end of the Incredible. day, for us strategically, we recognize that in order to deliver on our promise, a better world for pets, we have to do it through our people. And we need to innovate and ensure that that innovation helps them deliver a better world for pets. So one of the things that I am most focused on is ensuring that we have the right technologies, the right mm. process innovations that will make the work in the hospitals as seamless as possible, take the administrative burden off of the hospital teams and allow them to spend their time where it's most needed, which is with pets and with mm -hmm. clients. Right. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so doing that is is incredibly important. And there there's no doubt, Blake, that if you if you look out at our hospital teams, they have felt the effect of the pandemic. You know, it's yeah. it's been it's been tough for everybody, but it's been particularly tough for folks that have continued to work through it, that have had to shift their business model in order to accommodate the safety needs of uh, of the pandemic. Yeah. And and our hospital teams have come through that and and really pushed strongly through that. So it's critical that we continue to listen to them, right? So having great channels for them to provide feedback, provide their, uh, uh, their thoughts back to us so that we can act on them is going to be critical. And then empowering them with the tools and resources that they need to provide care for the millions of pets that need care, huh. that is what we need to do, right? And yeah. this is an industry that also has a lot of people coming in. Yeah. And so we at Banfield, and, and certainly my job, is to, is to create that culture uh, where p associates want to start, stay, and grow with Banfield, yeah. right? And so that training, that investment in developing them is going to be critically important, right? The number of pets is only going to increase. Yeah. And so innovation in how we provide care, technologies that make their job easier and take the administrative burden off of the, uh, the hospital teams, and then making sure they have the ability to develop themselves, their skills in order to grow with the company. That's really how we're going to win the future at Banfield.
So where do I apply? <laughs> you, you know, it's a, it's a great question. It depends on where you want to work because we have needs everywhere. I got to tell you, right? You look yeah. at hospital teams. This is one of those industries where, you know, like I said, with the record number of pets entering the space, yeah, yeah. man, we need a lot of folks to uh, come in and, and join us and, and grow with us. And I got to tell you, since I came and joined Banfield, this this place is a lot of fun to work at, Lake. Yeah, I, I mean, can uh, tell. Yeah, I you mean, know, this I, is... I, you know, I, like I said before, I'm, I'm blessed with an awesome team. I'm surrounded by great leaders. Every single one of them is invested in, in, in our purpose. And what I love, what I love about the Banfield culture is that this is one in which we do recognize what it is that we're committed to doing and yeah. everybody is committed to pulling in that direction, you know? Yeah. And so whether yeah. you want to work at a hospital, whether you want to come work at CTS, whether you want to feel leadership role, there are opportunities at Banfield, and we love to get talented folks in here. And certainly, even on the commercial side, you know, we have uh, real estate needs. And I know you're a you're a CRE guy, Blake, right? Yeah, so, yeah I, am. Know. I am. I am. I yeah. am. Yes, yes. So we're continuing yeah. to look at uh, at what the right ways are for us to innovate our space and and yeah. then innovate our growth in our space. Every single area of the business, I'd say, has uh, has opportunity and, and and growth. Yeah, yeah. The workplace yeah. strategy is not just for humans. You know, it, the workplace it, it strategy really is, is also for the, yeah, yeah. It's, that's yeah, I, I've, I've worked at a lot of different offices and I'll tell you when I, when I joined Banfield and I came out and I saw our headquarters for the first time in, in Vancouver, yeah. Washington, Blake, that yeah. is one of the most beautiful headquarters oh. I have ever seen. I've, I've worked at a lot of different places and yeah. that, that headquarters was, was absolutely beautiful in, in big ways and small, right? The light, yeah. the space, the way we use the space, but even the little touches, the chandeliers that are made out of dog squeaker toys and, uh, yeah. you know, some of the small, quiet working spaces that they've created for, for focus work. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's, it's tremendous. And uh, I, I really am excited about getting back to the office and, and working yeah. with my team there and, Navigating this pandemic has been a, yeah. a challenge for me in that respect, you know, starting in yeah. 2020 and then having to kind of work through all this through last year. That, that's been, I'd say, one of the big challenges I've had. But Yeah, I, I was, I was going to ask, yeah. to that, I was going to ask, you know, what are some of the things that you have learned personally, Money, in your, your career journey? And then what, what have you learned maybe specifically in the last 18 months? I mean, you know, about yourself or about your leadership style? I, I've learned about myself. I've learned how much I need people. I can tell you that. Uh, uh, working yeah. from working from home hasn't been that easy for me, and I, I love getting out there. And uh, you know, for me, one of the best parts of the job is getting out there with our field leadership and visiting hospitals. Right. Yeah. Hearing from the hospital teams, capturing some of those learnings, ensuring that our field teams know what they need to do in order to support our hospitals. Uh, that's been awesome, and I had missed that for you know, the beginning of, of when I started with Banfield, when we were still not traveling. And yeah. so as soon as we started traveling again, man, that, that was, that was awesome for me from a leadership journey standpoint, recognizing how much I needed people. I also recognized how much I intentionally needed to form those connections with people. Uh -huh. And so making sure I get out to CTS meeting with our teams that are, are based in Vancouver, Washington, getting out to the hospitals with the field leaders, spending time with them in the field, getting to know them, very intentionally doing that is, uh, I think, really important for my well-being and my development as a leader in many ways as well. That's, yeah. I, I'd say that was, that was one big uh, learning and something I started doing a lot more intentionally. You know, before it was a little bit automatic. 
when I needed to go someplace, I'd get up and go yep. someplace. Now it takes yep. a little bit more planning, but I make sure it's well-planned. When I take yeah. a trip out, I try to maximize my time. I let people know so that they could come and join me there. So we maximize the time that I have out there in the field that I have at the office. And so that's been that's been one learning. A second one, honestly, through COVID has been how important it is to make people know that you see their work, you know, uh-huh. because you don't necessarily see it the way you see it in an office. We've had to do that, I think, a lot more intentionally because pe- people are at home and people are working hard. But you don't necessarily see it the way you see it when when they're in the office working alongside you. So, you know, seeing the work, recognizing the work, empowering leaders to do so, I think has been something we need to, you know, I'd say as a as a business community overall, right? This is beyond veterinary, it's beyond healthcare. Absolutely. I'd say every industry needs to look to this and uh, and see how they can they can recognize people. Yeah. Uh, from, no, that's a great point. It, it really is. You know, from a leadership uh, standpoint, I think in many ways, like I said, I've been blessed with a great team here at Banfield. Yeah. And having leaders you can trust, empowering them to make the decisions that they need to make, uh, and then seeing the results of those great leaders, seeing the results of that great leadership, uh, I think that's uh, th- there's nothing better than that, Blake. You know? Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's the feather. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Uh, so uh, if you had a, a, a chance to grab coffee or a cocktail or maybe a dog walk, okay, <laughs> maybe maybe a dog walk uh, with someone in, in history or someone current, you know, that, that may still be alive, who, who would that be and why? That's a, that's a good question. Yeah, you know, I've worked now at a, at a couple of companies, uh, several companies now that had great founder leaders, you know, uh, you know, Frank Mars and Forrest Mars here at Mars, Sam Walton. At, at Walmart, uh, you know, the, these are leaders who founded companies and built a legacy, mm-hmm. right? And that's what every leader aspires to in many ways is to leave a lasting legacy. And you think about the lasting legacy that some of these leaders have made. I mean, they've changed industries, Blake. Oh, yeah. You know, they've changed industries. So, uh, you know, for me, it would be fascinating to, to spend some time with them to understand, you know, what decision-making process, what decision-making ethos drove, you know, their success. Yeah. And what was on their mind as they, as they built these lasting businesses that have made such a big change to, uh, to so many industries. I mean, yeah. I look at in many ways the last uh, you know 30 50 years how much these industries have have evolved and it's been driven by so many of these founder leaders yeah you know bending the industry to their will almost yeah you know? yeah pioneers for yeah. sure they absolutely were and so I think it would be fascinating to catch the time with them you know Sam Walton had dogs he was a he was a big dog guy was he uh, so yeah. oh yeah and uh and uh, you know uh, the confectionery business again is Tremendous fun. I've spent some time in the confectionery business. It's tremendous fun. Yeah. And uh, understanding how these leaders made the, the contributions that they made to these industries, I think would be fascinating. Yeah. I just, I just opened the book, uh, The Third Door. And it's a, it, if you've heard of it, I, ju- I just opened it. I'm probably like a couple pages in. And I'm, I'm I, because it's about, it's about how to sort of get in touch and sort of figure out the third door that a lot of these founders and pioneers did it 
and, yeah. and I'm just, I'm just really encouraged to sort of get through that, but it's, it's a, um, it's a wonderful answer. And I think it's, yeah, just to spend some time with, with people that really have changed the game that are, are true pioneers of what's going on. And we have a lot of them right now, uh, in our world today. Yeah. So, and, and, and so much of, of the legacy that these founders have left are really, uh, you know, built on principles, right? I mean, you look yeah. at the Mars principles that continue to guide how the company makes decisions. That to me is, is leaving a lasting culture, is leaving a lasting legacy. Yeah. And yeah. it's, uh, it's a tremendous achievement that, that so many of these, these pioneers, as you put it, right? They yeah. really were pioneers in their way. Yeah. It's fascinating to see what, uh, what they've accomplished. Yeah. Yeah. So, so money for, for those that may want to get in touch with you or, or learn more about Banfield, about career opportunities, about hospitals, where can they, where can they go? Oh, they can find me on, on LinkedIn and Instagram. I'm on uh, social media and certainly uh, my contact information is available through our, uh, our company website as well. I'm pretty easy to get a hold of for, for most people. <laughs> if they want to find me, they can find me. And uh, I'm, I'm always happy to chat about Banfield yeah. and and our industry, Blake, because this is a tremendously exciting place to be. This this is the this is the kind of place where you can come, uh, you know, you can you know start, stay, grow, become the leader you want to become, achieve what you want to achieve, and you get to do it by fostering. I think one of the, the most important things we have today, and that's the human animal bond. Right, uh, mm -hmm. pets are tremendously important for our well being. We have, uh, you know, my family has a German Shepherd dog and a mini lop rabbit. We have a, a dog and a bunny. And yeah. I will tell you, you know, my wife was the one who kind of spearheaded both pets coming into our into our household. And uh, I can't imagine life without them. They, they are in so many ways uh, our emotional support through the pandemic, through tough times. I mean, I can't tell you the number of times my youngest daughter whenever uh, you know her her parents get mad at her and uh, you know she she will go and hug the dog and cry and cry and cry into his neck yeah. and he is endlessly patient with her and it's so important to have that right and and yeah. 23 million pets adopted over the pandemic tells you that oh. our society has recognized that uh, through the pandemic and you know we have an opportunity, I think, as Banfield, as a veterinary industry, to foster that, strengthen that, and yeah. make that relationship as healthy as possible. And to me, that's an incredibly noble and fun way to to spend your time. Yeah, pets are never mad. Yeah, I mean, if you have a bad day, it's just you you see them, and it's oh man, it's uh yeah, it's pretty incredible. It is. Well, money. Uh, thanks so much for saying yes to joining me today, man. I I I just uh, really appreciate. I mean, you're, the enthusiasm you have, I sort of want to walk out here and bang through the wall and like, you know, just, you just, you have an infectious energy and you have a true, it seems, you know, mission and purpose for what you're doing right now in your life and, and for, and for Banfield. And, and that really comes through. And I just, uh, I can't wait to actually, uh, share a coffee with you and walk around <laughs> campus with you when you get out here, man. I mean, that's, uh. But I just thank you so much for, for, for saying yes. Absolutely. This was a lot of fun. Thank you, Blake, for asking me. Thank you for listening to Think Beyond Space, the PDX Workplace Insider Podcast. To follow along and get additional insights from each episode, visit cressa.com slash Portland. Please also take a minute to rate and subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.